0: Welcome back, Art World. I am Miss Art World, or Catherine, and I have my wonderful co host, Lisa. Hi, guys. Today we have a very special guest. Uh, we have Patrick Green with us. Hi, Patrick.
1: Hi, ladies, hi, art world.
0: (laughs) Patrick is a filmmaker, and you are our first filmmaker ever on the
2: podcast. Which is super exciting. So for the art world, if you can sum up um, everything about the film industry in five (laughs) sentences or less. Don't do it. Don't get into it. (laughs) I'm just kidding. Um, But we were really fortunate to connect with you um, through Plastic Jesus was kind of our common connection. Um, because you have a documentary out right now for your consideration, um, which is going to be playing at the Los Angeles Asian Pacific Film Festival. Yes, this <laughs> That's Sunday. L A lot. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> A P F. P F F. C I A. Oh, boom! This Sunday, May fifth.
1: Yes. Seven p.m. Yep.
2: Yeah. Super exciting. Thanks for coming on and welcoming us into your home.
1: Yeah. Thanks for having me.
0: So before we get into the film. Um, I am really curious about your background and how you got into making films.
1: So um, I started out as a journalist um, and just interviewing people as an editor, um, musicians, athletes, you know, actors, whatnot. Um, And then after a few years of doing that, um, I got sick of hearing other people's stories. So I wanted to, you know, tell my own story. So I went back to film school at Cal State Northridge Um, graduated and it was a great time I actually got to teach a year there um, as an associate professor Um, so that was really cool and then from there um, I graduated and I was working for some producers as a ghostwriter, working on like writing scripts and stuff Um, but then again I was you know getting paid but I wasn't telling my own story so I was kind of back in the same situation Um, so a couple years ago I just decided you know I have this experience. I have, you know, just a lot of scripts. Why don't I just start making my own? So I had this one television pilot that was called Tag, um, and it was about this female street artist who kind of goes like by day she's a schoolgirl and at night she goes out and tags. And so the opening of that was this five-minute kind of opener to the show. And so I, I was like, oh, I have something right there. I can, you know, shoot that for pretty cheap. So I convinced uh, some of my friends to give me some money, and uh, you know we sh- we um, we shot it in downtown LA, like Boyle Heights, Union Station. We did it all graffiti style. We got this amazing actress uh, Christina Masterson, who was a Pink Power Ranger, and so she did like a lot my of her own stunts. Power yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it was great, um, and it turned out really well. Uh, we did like over two dozen film festivals around the world um and it's streaming on amazon prime right now um dang i'm
0: gonna go watch it yeah yeah you can
1: watch it it's like seven minutes um so you know just doing that i think gave me the confidence of you know i can direct as well as write so um after that i interviewed actually plastic jesus um for this site i write for um he did a kanye west oscar piece a couple years ago like um Where you know he's as Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I interviewed him and we kind of hit it off. And you know I had the street art background of just being a fan and making a movie. You know the the other piece tag and we kind of just bonded over street art. He invited me to his gallery show. um, And we kept in touch here and there. But the following year, I was like I shot another thing, a horror thriller out in Big Bear, and I was editing it and. Just it was taking a long time, so I was like, hmm, maybe I can call uh, Plastic Jesus up and see what he's up to. Maybe, you know, I could film whatever he's doing. So I called him up and asked him, and he's like, oh, we're doing uh, Harvey Weinstein this year. And I was like, oh, man, I, I got to film that. Like, that's going to be a great thing because, um, the you know, all this Harvey Weinstein stuff had just come out. So it was like this hot-button issue, and I was like, oh, you know, this is perfect timing, you know. Uh, so I started... I I brought in my buddy James, who I worked with um, on my day job, and we both uh, started shooting him and Ginger, uh, his partner in it, you know, making the statue. That's awesome.
0: Uh, What would you say kind of sparked your curiosity in street art?
1: Um, You know, I think being a journalist, I love, you know, journalism nowadays has just gone to shit. So it's like, you know, what are the Kardashians doing or whatever, you know, whatever people, people are concerned with the the wrong things, I think. So street art to me is almost like journalism in a way where it's like, you have this artist with an idea that, or, you know, the good ones, they have a commentary on something important, you know, to them at least. And they're just going out and throwing it up on a wall or a billboard. And it's almost like a commentary, like, you know, of course, Banksy's, you know, the one who does it best. Um, and is the most well-known, but you know, they're kind of, they're like our new journalists in a way where they're bringing up these issues where someone could walk down the street and see a piece and then they could mention it to a friend or maybe they'd even take a picture of it and post it on Instagram. And then someone comments on it like, oh, that's great. Or, oh, that's for shit, you know, that's, and then it it creates conversation, which I think news does, you know, and, and good journalism piece used to do, which is it creates conversation among people about important topics. So I think street art, that was kind of the initial attraction for me. Um, And then I love like just kind of being punk rock myself. Like I love going out, like I love the thought of like going out and almost getting caught, you know? Um, All my, the things I've shot have been guerrilla style, like with no permits. And I just love that, that it it kind of energizes the piece in itself. You can, it kind of comes out on the screen. So I think with street art, it's the kind of the same thing where you can really see the energy, the, the momentum that people put into their art.
0: Have you ever done a piece of street art yourself? No, no. I think <laughs> I've just
1: peed on, on <laughs> the wall or something. But um, no, I'm, I'm not that artistically inclined. Like drawing, no. Um, no. I can barely do storyboards. Um, so, yeah, no, not really. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a writer. So, you know, I think that's my art. Um, I, and then even with the directing, I kind of see stuff visual, even in my writing, it's visual, I guess. So I guess that part would be the art, mm-hmm. the filmmaking part.
2: Definitely. We just had to ask because after we interviewed Plastic Jesus, we were like, man, that seems like it'd be so fun to do, like the adrenaline rush of like going up on a wall. And then we were like, we make stickers for the podcast. And we're like, we need to stick these up. And we never do it because we chicken out every time.
1: Yeah, I mean, we. it's funny. For Tag, um, the first short, we had shot in the first street, by the first street bridge in, in downtown. And we had scouted that area for weeks. And no one had bothered us. And of course, the, when we go and shoot it, um, a sheriff rolls up. And he immediately gets out. And we have a crew of maybe 10 people. And in the story is this graffiti artist is getting chased by these, like, homies, you know, through Boyle Heights and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So the guys we got were, like, real homies. They weren't actors. Yeah. So they, you know, they got tattoos and stuff. And they see a sheriff. And they're like, yo, we got warrants. So, like, we got to leave. Oh, and my so gosh. And so the sheriff comes out. He arrests the DP. And he takes him off. The producer running interference. And so the the homies want to leave and I'm like no no we got to get one more shot cuz it was the last shot of the film. Yeah. So we did one take and luckily we got it, but the DP did get arrested. He got a ticket cuz we were on we were close to the tracks. Yeah. And it was just so they gave him like a huge ticket. He went had to go to court cuz it was a felony that they charged him with, but they ended up dropping it. But yeah, just that kind of when we had that one shot to do it, it was such an adrenaline rush, you know, that Luckily, we got it done, but yeah, the feeling was the same of yeah. like, oh my God, you know.
2: Yeah, that's exciting. Now or never, you know, yeah. yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry, What's a DP? A
1: oh, director of photography, okay. the okay. camera, you know, the one controlling the cool. camera, yeah. Thank you. I'm here for the dumb questions. Yeah. <laughs> <So> <laughs> no, that's, no, that's, that's what cool. I bring no, to the no table. <laughs> I didn't know that answer yeah. either. <laughs> <laughs>
2: uh,
0: okay, so uh, you have a uh, crew of 10 people. Mm-hmm. Ish. Do you have more or less than that?
1: You mean for four-year consideration? No, for four-year consideration, that was for tag. Okay. With the cast and everything, and that was you know for four-year consideration. It was James and I. Okay. Basically, shooting, editing, um, you know, we did the whole thing, and then after we had shot for post-production, which is when you add the music and the sound, mm-hmm. um, the color that's when we brought in other people to help us. It, there's, an, there's animation in it as well. You can see actually Plastic Jesus and Ginger, they're animated. Oh. Um, so for that, we brought in like good people. That's what we spent our budget on. Okay. It was a very small budget, but that's kind of where we spent our money. Um, so we got the sound guy, Jeff Fuller. He, did, he won an Emmy for um, Sonic Highway for Foo Fighters, the HBO documentary. Okay. So we got him luckily, um, and then the animator is the guy that does Kevin Smith stuff, you know, the Jay and Silent Bob guy. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. He he has an animated show, and so we got him. I found him on Twitter. Like I just was reached Dang. out, yeah. Um, and then the music, we have all original music. Um, I had wanted this kind of old school punk sound, kind of like. Um,
2: Beep. Plastic Jesus. Beep
1: in his 50s you know he's london so i wanted kind of that old the old kind of early 80s punk music so i found this band called a projection in sweden and i reached out to them and got the song that's in the trailer i don't know if you saw the trailer oh yeah yeah it looks really cool thank you thank Mm -hmm. you um and then the composer is this australian guy Seti jansen um who we found um but it's amazing like that's the one thing about filmmaking now is like and you know things as a whole is you can just find like the world is so small now and everyone's got their stuff up somewhere you know for a musician it's either on soundcloud or whatnot or um you can just check out people's work and then just send them an email and say hey um would you like to work on this um we have no barely any money but you know (laughs) if if you're into it you know um and i think what was really cool about this was that it's, it's about something. It's just not a documentary about, you know, whatever, like, you know, I don't know Sriracha, there's a documentary on Sriracha. I like Sriracha, <laughs> but it's, you know, this is about a, 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 an issue that kind of, um, that blew up and rightly so. So I think um, a lot of people were willing to work on it because they had someone that was sexually, you know, harassed or abused. And so people were willing to give up time um, to help this cause and, you know, to to really believe in the project, which was cool um, because not everyone is willing to do that. So it was nice to find fellow, you know, collaborators that were down for that.
0: Mm -hmm. So for TAG, did you get funding um, so that you can have a larger crew versus... For TAG,
1: we had... We had slightly more money. Um, it's like it's funny. Like I tell the story of like when you're when you're making your first film, it's like it's kind of like having sex for the first time. Whereas like you're begging people to say yes, and then when someone finally says yes, it's over in like four minutes. You know, when you're so happy that you're excited. So we got like a little money um, from a couple buddies. Lon- my buddies Lonnie and Marco, um, and we just. Yeah, I mean, that I don't know how we did for cheap that cheap, but we did it um, for for your consideration. Yeah. I mean, for a documentary, what's cool is is that you don't really need a lot, especially with this story. It's contained to maybe I think there's seven, I think seven people in it, maybe six. Um, You know, the cast is six. Um, And then um, we shot primarily all in L.A., uh, we oh no for Don, for Don the girl that's in it um, she lived in Brooklyn so we hired a, a videographer um, in New York and kind of gave him what to shoot and stuff and he did a great job nice so um, yeah I mean that, that that's what's so cool now is that you can really find great people um,
2: absolutely um, so for your consideration um, it's about twenty minutes long
1: yeah yeah.
2: How much filming do you do to get to that twenty minutes? Like, how much ends up oh. on the cutting room floor?
1: Yeah, a lot. Um, as you, you know.
2: Oops, plastic Jesus.
1: A lot. I mean, I mean, plastic yeah. Jesus. <laughs> I was
2: planning. I on, on leaving out. out. Uh,
1: plastic <laughs> yeah. Jesus. Sorry. Can we'll, you bleep that we'll out? We'll bleep him out both times. Plastic out. Jesus. You know, he's verbose. Uh, so he's great. Um, but you know, he he he's great at explaining stuff. So he talks. Um. Everyone kind of, that's what's cool about a documentary is that you don't have a script, so you don't know what people are going to say. You can kind of steer them, you know, using my journalism background, I can steer conversations, but you can't get the answers necessarily that you always want. And sometimes you get gold that you didn't even expect. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I mean, God, we probably shot, you know, six, six to eight hours worth of stuff and then cut that down to 20 minutes. Um, I feel that it's tight yeah it could have been longer I think but I think for this kind of story it's the perfect length you know it's digestible and there's you follow the characters a little bit but it doesn't really get into what they do you know um, what their lives are like I wanted to to do a piece about how art can affect culture and how it's not really even about the Weinstein thing Mm -hmm. it's about how these two artists wanted to make a statement on this bigger story and made this art piece that kind of created a different kind of conversation. Um, So, yeah, I mean, you can shoot forever. I think, especially with this, it was like there kept coming new stuff started, like would come out every week about Weinstein a new victim would pop Mm -hmm. up. And then even one of the victims, um, Asia Argento, this actress who we use a clip of her, um, like talking out against Weinstein in the in the movie, like two months after we wrap, like someone accused her of sexual harassment. So it's just like, it, you know, it, it's a story that kind of never ends. And rightly so. It's still going on today, you know, where things are coming out almost every day. Someone new's getting accused, you know. So, um, yeah, I mean, it could have gone on longer. But I think for this story, it's perfect for what it is.
0: Can you uh, tell us who are the five cast members?
1: Yeah, so we have uh, Plastic Jesus, who you guys interviewed. You know, he's he's um, every year he does an Oscars piece. I think he's most famous for the "Stop Making Stupid People Famous" <laughs> thing. I have a shirt, and every time like I wear that, I'll get people literally stopping me. going, that's genius! That's yeah. genius! <laughs> so I think um, you know he's great. Uh, Joshua Ginger Monroe. He did the he's a sculptor who lives in Vegas um he's originally from cleveland and so him teamed up the past 3 years um he did the naked trump things that's what he's most famous for um and then there's meg Zaney, who's a local artist um she's great she's like kind of is about f- female empowerment yet she also is you know uh, not afraid to show her you know femininity as well um and then there's Sabo, who is this right wing guerrilla street artist um, who him and Plastic Jesus are kind of in our movie and in real life, um, I guess, are kind of uh, antagonists and protagonists like they're kind of against each other. So mm-hmm. that was cool to actually capture that where they're kind of up, up, trying to up each other because Sabo does something for the Oscars every year, too, for the past couple of years. And then I think you know I think the hero of the story is uh, this woman called uh, Dawn Dunning, Um, and she was a Weinstein survivor. She's one of the original um, girls who came out in the Weinstein article. She had been uh, assaulted by Weinstein, and she kind of we don't tell we don't tell her story because I think that story is out there already. But we kind of tell her we tell about her reaction to the piece and kind of what it means to her. And um, I thought it was really important to get her perspective on this. You know, here you have two male street artists making a piece on a male abuser. There's no like female angle. Like what, what do women think of this? They're mm-hmm. the, you know, they're the ones that are kind of being impacted by this. So I thought it was really important to get her as well as Meg Zaney's um, opinion on the film. Yeah, I think that's it.
0: I want to ask about like what their reactions are so much, but I know I should wait (laughs) to see the film before I dive into that. Yeah, yeah. But I think it's very interesting. Well, what's your
1: guys' opinion about the piece? You guys, I don't think you guys have seen it actually, but you guys have seen it on social media and whatnot, right?
0: Yeah, I thought it was really interesting. Um, So I was listening to you did q and A with the cast, mm-hmm. and um, I forgot who said it, but she was saying that it's almost, people are kind of making it um, lighthearted. Mm-hmm. It's a, almost taking it into a lighthearted situation or experience on this very um, serious topic. Sure. Because people will go and sit on the couch and like pose like he, he's assaulting them, or um, and I thought that was a really interesting um, take that I hadn't thought about until she said that. Um, but I think it's a really powerful piece, and it br- is in your face about what is a current issue that's happening.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And to um, to get the chance to sit on the couch and be faced with this kind of very looming figure mm-hmm. has to be a powerful experience for people that aren't always aren't in that situation and maybe, they can relate to the women that have gone through that situation.
1: Sure. And I think that's what, um, like Dawn actually came to the screening, the, the cast and crew screening, and she sat on it and kind of said that. It was like, she's like, you know, kind of had flashbacks about that. Um, but I thought it was really cool. What I love about Plastic Jesus's and Ginger's work is, it's exactly what you said. It, from afar, you're kind of laughing, right? You, it, I think great art makes you stop makes you think and then like react to it right so i think your first reaction is oh that's funny or maybe you even sit down and take a selfie with it that's what i saw so many people do that was like kind of weird for me Mm -hmm. um and then you see them walking away and they're kind of like like it kind of hits them i think you know there's a there's a couple um i think they're brazilian that's they're in the documentary real quick but they're kind of talking about the, the piece and like the guy can't even like he's like i don't know you know because she's talking about her experience with it and he's like oh i don't know it's kind of a tough subject to talk about and i feel that that's what their the piece is it's like at first it's funny and then you're kind of making reflecting on what it means to you and i think that's what's really cool about it
0: yeah I it doesn't think
1: hit you over the head you know it makes it's you kind not of think
0: one one-liner it's yeah, not like exactly. oh, okay I get it, and you walk away. It has that layer
2: effect on your emotions that I think is really powerful. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I 100% agree. Um, (laughs) Why do I got to laugh every time I say something, Catherine? Um, (laughs) I want your real feelings. Uh, I think overall, though, I do agree the best part about it is the social commentary and the dialogue it creates, especially with millennials who um, are over the news, in so many ways because it's so polarizing mm-hmm. that this calls to action an issue um, that creates more dialogue and that's something that we're kind of missing. Um, I, I almost wish the casting couch was a little bit shorter though just to stop people from sitting there and taking the photos. Oh, so you don't want people to be able to sit down? Kind of, no. That's just my take. That's interesting. Because I, I, it's, it's
1: they're participating of... in the...
2: Yeah, I like that you're participating in the piece, but then when you have someone sit there and uh, pose with him or, you know, pretend be groped by him, it's making light of a bigger issue that so many women have
1: gone through. Yeah, I, yeah, I think you're both right. I, yeah. I, I mean, I think there really is no right or wrong answer other than, um, or rather, I don't think there's any wrong answer. Um in terms of how art can affect you. I think that's what the power of good art is, right? It can create different responses from people. If everyone just looks at something and goes, oh, that's great, then it kind of dilutes it, you know? I mean, when I make something, I'd rather have people say, oh, that was awesome, or oh, that wasn't for me, then, oh, that's okay. You know, like, okay is the worst. Yeah. You If it elicits some type of response on like, either spectrum that's when I'm happy
2: yeah and I love the piece and I love I love what they did I just don't love the way everyone interacts with it sure yeah you know but I mean that's art. everyone's gonna have different opinions Mm -hmm.
1: and yeah
0: I kind of like that they will take a selfie with it and then they have it in their phone and they carry it away with them so when they're like at home and they're looking through their photos they have this piece of him And themselves together and I feel like that would be another layer of reminding them about the situation
2: that's yeah that's a great point I don't know it's so interesting it is
1: (laughs) yeah I think that's another thing that they you know they went in they're really smart um, about how they execute their pieces in that um, plastic Jesus was a uh, photojournalist so he knows kind of images that can provoke and um ginger made that naked trump sculpture that you know was one of the most I- interactive in terms of being shared pieces probably in the last 10 years you know was everywhere um so yeah i think that's what's cool about their pieces um is that it's kind of made for that it's not made for a gallery you know um so yeah uh
0: talking about inner um not interactions. Um, I guess impressions. Do you have people that watch your film and have a negative reaction to it?
1: No, or? no. Um, it's funny, like every screening I'll have like two or three women come up to me and go, Oh, thank you for that. You know, thank you for actually um having, you know, presenting a film like that that actually has something to say that speaks for my experience so that's you know been great to hear um negative wise no i mean maybe they're too afraid to come say anything but no i mean it's hard you know i think a film like this is like there's really no one's going to be like oh weinstein is a hero you know no one's going to say that especially publicly but i do think that it was important to have Sabo in there and Sabo mentioned some things that you might not agree with, but I think have some resonance in that, you know, he, he mentions the Matt Damon thing where Matt Damon said, um, you know, there, there's Weinstein, but then there's also other guys who maybe hug someone or like, maybe they're not rapists. Maybe they're kind of just womanizers. Right. And he got trounced for that. I'm, I'm quoting Sabo now, but I think it's very important in a documentary to have both sides of an argument. So I think, oddly, Sabo ends up being the one that gets all the laughs in the theater when the screen on the film screens. It's like he's like almost like the the comedy, but he's serious about what he's saying. People are like, "This guy's so ridiculous, what he's saying." Yet I think he's the most charming in a way because he's so authentic with his create you know his beliefs that are kind of out there, but. Um, so, yeah, I think that was the biggest surprise that I, you know, come away with is like, wow, here's this guy that's like totally saying things that would piss a lot of people off. Yet he's making people laugh, mm-hmm. which is interesting.
0: When did you decide to bring him into the film?
1: So, yeah, we shot everything. We sh- we shot the them making it. We shot um, them putting it out there. And I think James and I knew it would go, would, you know, reach a big audience, but the extent of it, we didn't realize in terms of it being in Time Magazine and Vogue. Um, So I think after we were editing the footage and originally we wanted, we were thinking about 10 to 12 minutes. um, And then we were like, oh man, like this story is like, there's so much more to it. And, And we need that female perspective in it. So uh, we brought Meg in, um in, Sabo, and then I tracked down Don Dunning. I, I literally Googled um, Weinstein victims and um, would track down their emails and just send them our trailer and say, hey, you know, we're not here to talk about your experience with Weinstein. We just want to know what you think of this art piece. And I think she was like the sixth or seventh person that um i reached out to and then she was the i heard a few from a few women that basically said oh i don't want to revisit that you know totally understandable um but don was like don is like so cool she's like punk rock she's got tattoos she's in like this noise punk band and she's a costume designer now but she was like this sounds awesome and like totally i'm out here all the time um, because she lives in brooklyn so we set up an interview and i think that was like once we got that i was like okay now we have something that's really good Mm -hmm. um and so yeah it 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 was it kind of all fell in in place i think um stories like this you know you always talk to people and they're like even like with um plastic jesus and ginger they went through some stuff like you know where it wasn't going to be ready um and like Classic, she just literally drove out to Vegas to grab it. And, like, you'll see in the doc kind of the whole process. I don't want to give everything away. But I think the same thing with this film. I think, once, like, sometimes things just happen because they need to be out in the world, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I think it was a, I think we were just so lucky to have such cool people that gave us great access um, to them and their process. Um, you know, artists aren't, like, we were talking before, they're not the most open sometimes you know they have their process and letting someone into it is a big thing you know i wouldn't want someone in the room watching me sitting i mean that'd be (laughs) boring but like you know sitting in a room with james editing or me writing you know a script or whatnot so the process of of art is just amazing and that's originally what i wanted to go in here with which is you always see art on a wall or a billboard but you never see like all the the blood sweat and you know paint or blood sweat and, and uh what am I thinking of blood sweat and tears that goes in oh no blood sweat and duct tape you can edit it. Yeah. <laughs> blood sweat and duct tape they get that, I mean, paint that it works takes too. to yeah. yeah that um that it takes to make these pieces you know so you'll see in the piece like they were stressed out like getting it out on time Dang. um and artists always wait to the the last minute to do anything right That's like true no yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yes. <laughs>
0: Uh, So, okay, you made the film, it's ready. What do you do with it when you're done with it? Do you take it to film festivals and submit it? Or how does that process work? Yeah, that's a great
1: question. I think, you know, uh, nowadays, like I was saying before, is it's relatively, like, somewhat easy to make a documentary, especially because the cameras are so great right now the sound equipment you know we're doing a podcast in my living room right now you know it's like you couldn't do this five years ago so the the technology is just amazing um but you know again it comes down to story and um so yeah after you finish you just that's the hard part is how do we get this out in the world where people are making movies left and right everyone's making a documentary nowadays right it's like they see something on netflix about some serial killer and now they've you know, they want to do their own documentary about true crime or whatnot. So that's the hard part is getting it out there. Um, so, yeah, you just got to send out emails. You festi- Film festivals are probably the biggest thing where if you get into a good one, you can get like mass exposure. Um, and it kind of builds momentum. Um, word of mouth, you know. But, yeah, I mean, you're going up with officially being an in- independent filmmaker. That's the hardest part is actually getting the word out you know, podcasts like this are great, Um, social media. So it's almost like that's the hardest part of making the film is actually getting it out there because there's just so much stuff out there, you know.
0: And what are the film festivals that this piece has already been in?
1: Yeah, so um, we screened in uh, the Cleveland International Film Festival, which is one of the biggest in the Midwest. And actually, one of the artists, uh, Ginger, is from Cleveland. So he flew back we had two screenings um, I think they they get over a hundred thousand people at the film festival throughout wow. the week so he did like a qA and you know it was cool because his family got to see it and that's always special um, when you make something and you you know me and James and I made this in our bedrooms you know and so to actually like have a, one of the cast members get to fly home to share it with his friends and family and you know he he emails me or texts me and he's like you basically made a bucket list. I I can cross one of the things off my bucket list. I'm like, what the film? He's like, no, that you made me a cartoon. Oh. So, it's like, <laughs> so that you know that was cool. And then like it played in Ocean City Film Festival in Maryland, which is where James is from. So he actually screened it like his local theater that he used to go to as a that's kid. Awesome. Um, so it's just like that. That's been great. It's playing this Sunday at the LA Asian Pacific Film Festival, which is I'm half Asian, and so Tag like premiered at or it had its L.A. premiere there. So like two years later, I'm back, you know, with another project. And it kind of, um, it's great to be like part of the diversity movement and to get to show this film there, I think is great. Mm -hmm. Um, Where else is it played? First glance out in um, North Hollywood, the Lemley Theater. Um, It's playing in the Melbourne Documentary Film Festival over the summer. Um, It's going to be playing in San Francisco, doc Fests at the end of may um so yeah i mean you can it's 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 been really cool to see it kind of spread you know um we made this film for under four thousand dollars so um to see it you know go and reach a wide audience is great and it's got a great message with some great art that showcases some great art um so yeah i mean that's all you can ask for you know and to have people come up and say oh thanks for doing that i think is really special
0: mm-hmm And so if someone is looking to find your website or Instagram, where would they go for that?
1: Um, So we have a site uh, for the documentary, just fycdoc.com. And then we have Twitter, Instagram is fycdoc. Um, And then Facebook, it's For Your Consideration Movie. And then my personal one is Green. Um, that's across Twitter, Instagram, whatnot. Yeah, so all the information's on our website, like if yeah. upcoming screenings, because we're constantly updating it. The film festival season runs until, like, for this, we started in like the first of the year, so it will go throughout the year. Okay. So, yeah.
0: How – I and this is just a random question, but how long – does a film usually live i guess it depends on the film right
1: yeah i mean for some like an indie film short like this i think it you know runs through the film festivals and then it will probably be on like some platform digital platform like after like a year i think after a year it's like okay the next thing um so yeah and then it will like tag is on amazon prime you can just watch it there uh, I don't know what we'll do with this yet, but I'm sure it'll be available, um, you know, towards probably the fall mm-hmm. um, for people to watch. It's It'll be good this summer, too, because the Weinstein case is actually going to be tried um, sometime over the summer. So I think we'll get kind of another groundswell, you know, Definitely. Of, of the, hopefully the doc will, you know, be part of that conversation.
0: Mm hmm. Do you have any future projects that you're working on?
1: Yeah, so I got um, this horror thriller that I had actually shot before this called Mommy's Little Monster. Um, and it's kind of inspired by my childhood. It's about domestic violence, but like in a genre piece. Um, and so that is coming out like in summer. We should be at some film festivals and then fall. Um, and then James and I are actually working on another project that we're shooting in Joshua Tree that we're really excited about. Um, because I want to make a feature film. I've done a couple shorts. Mm-hmm. Um, and so now I want to... I think I have enough uh, experience and kind of a good team where I can call people in, you know, that would help out. Um, so, yeah, I think that's that's always... I think that's the next uh, goal for me is to do, like, a feature.
0: Mm-hmm. And you said that you... Do you see yourself more as a writer or more as a director, or they both go hand in hand?
1: Yeah, I mean, they. I, I think I'll always be a writer. I think that's where the, even making a documentary is, you know, it's a lot of writing, not necessarily writing a script, but you're writing questions out to ask the people. You're steering that conversation. And then editing, you're kind of creating the story from the footage, which is basically writing with visuals. Mm-hmm. Um, So, yeah, I think I'll always be like a writer, but I think the directing, I'm getting better at it. And, um, you know, I I think it's always nice to tell your own stories, whereas a writer has to turn in his stuff and the director interprets it. So if I can do both, I I can control the story a little more, you know.
0: That was my next question for you was, do you ever submit your writing to... I don't know director
2: houses <laughs> <laughs> no I mean I have
1: worked in the, the industry before and that's happened where you turn in a script and then even if it gets made which usually never does it turns into something where you don't even recognize it like what you wrote you're like whoa, there's like Dang. 12 lines of the whole movie that I wrote and the rest has changed so that was part of the inspiration I think of actually making my own stuff you know and it started off with a seven minute movie that we shot, you know, on the streets. And then it went to a thing a kind of a bigger production that we shot in Big Bear with like real actors and some great cinematographer and a big crew. And then, you know, this was kind of a documentary thing where um, it was just me and my buddy, but it was contained in in that we can kind of control everything. Um, so that was 20 minutes. Um, so yeah, I think as, as long as you're like each project like learning something um you know you work your way up i, I think trying to tackle too much at once is sometimes everyone oh, i want to i want to make a movie but like they have no experience and they kind of you know fall on their face sometimes because it takes a lot and then you know the other part we haven't even talked about is getting money you know that's a tough thing too for this obviously we spent our own but it, you know I think that's the next thing is where people are actually giving you money to make stuff is is great.
0: What about equipment? Do you rent equipment or do you own most of your equipment? Yeah,
1: you, we you know, like again, cameras are so good now and pretty you know cheap. Um, so yeah, with this we use our own cameras. We didn't even rent anything. James has a lot of equipment. I have a camera, um, the mics. You know everything was. We didn't rent one thing. Wow. <laughs> yeah.
2: What's that feeling like when the first time your film is put in front of people? Like, are there's, you excited? Are you nervous?
1: Yeah, there's definitely uh, nervous excitement. You know, you're scared shitless. We, yeah. <laughs> we. It's always nice to do the first screening with like friends and cast and family and whatnot. So, but you're still nervous as hell because you know you've spent you know a good part of a year on this. Uh, for this, it was about six to eight, seven months eight months um but yeah i mean then you throw it up there and you're like oh it's like you've watched it a hundred times editing it and putting music to it and and whatnot and so you're just nervous as hell but the first it's always good the first one is like people who aren't gonna boo you know like (laughs) so and that's never happened to me at any screening but um
2: does that happen to people
1: I mean, no one's going to boo, okay. but, yeah, no one's going to boo, but, like, no, no, no one's going to boo, but... Um, you might walk
2: out.
0: You oh, walk out no. or on their
1: phones, you know? I mean, Ooh. nowadays, Ooh. that's a killer, like, that's a boo, that's a boo for me, That's the you know? modern-day like, boo. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, the, I mean, I, I've seen the film, God knows how many times, um, but every time it's in a theater, like, on a big screen, it's, I still get, like, goosebumps. Yeah. Just to, so, you know, to... To sit in a dark room and experience something that you made, you know, when you were primarily in your sweatpants, you know, <laughs> yeah. the whole time making it, you know, and then you're in a theater eating popcorn and watching other people experience it, that's what you do it for. Um, you know, as an artist, too, I mean, any type of art, you know, seeing the audience um, interact or, in, you know, what they're getting from it, I think, is why we do this, you know.
2: Definitely. I think
0: it's great. Okay, one last thing. If you were going to give advice to someone that wants to go into making films, what would you tell them?
1: I would just say do it. I think a lot of people, including me before, were always waiting to get a yes. Um, where it's like, I wrote this script. Will you read it? Oh, if you like it, will you give me? Will you give me money? Oh, well, if you give me money, I want to direct. Oh no, you. You know, it's like you're always you're always kind of asking. And I think whereas my kind of outlook change was finally was like, why do I need to ask? I can make it myself. And um, I think that's so important with any type of art is like, especially the access we have, you know, to equipment now and to the technology is just out there. So I think the one thing is to just do it yourself if, if there's something that's inspiring you that you want to tell that story, then you just go out and figure out a way to do it. You know, call your friends up. Um, people are always willing to help if you're passionate about it, you know, and if you have something to say, that's the other thing is like, people always ask me, well, why did you want to do this? Why did you, you know, and I always say like, you, you should always go into making something that you're passionate about. You shouldn't just go in to something because you want to make something, you know, it should be like, what's your, What's your voice saying? You know what? What are you trying to say here? Um, so that's the one thing, and you know, reach out to people to help you because people will help you if you know if they can.
2: Mm-hmm. That's great. It's a great piece of advice. Mm-hmm. Just yeah. do it. Just do <laughs> it. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag Nike. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, so, sh- would you like to say anything before we go into a round of real or fake art news? I forgot to tell you in oh the uh layout of
0: the podcast uh that lisa prepares real or fake news and we compete okay. <laughs> totally oh i compete too you yeah compete. I mean, oh, okay everyone competes
1: but okay. i'm always the winner okay well you have the answers <laughs> exactly <laughs> okay so maybe explain do, we do like a, a buzzer bit better
2: you, know, you just, you just, just say real out? or fake Yeah, oh, okay. just, just yell it out So she'll go through Oh time. so it's
1: not a competition Of like who says it first
2: Oh she's no. keeping track though oh, just, okay. just like but who gets them right more Okay okay Yeah Um, And so I'm far she has We've done this on uh, One other <laughs> One other <laughs> And she, and she so won so, so. Did you
1: beat Plastic Jesus no. We didn't do it We
2: didn't have it back then Yeah we've gotten funner Yeah <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> It really spiced up i fun. fun Let's, let's go Alright So this is real or fake Tompkins ousted from Instagram for posting classical painting of penetration. I'm going to go real.
1: I'll go real.
2: Oh, that was real. (laughs) (laughs) This game stresses me out. (laughs) All right.
1: Well, the first question had penetration. so I don't know where you go from there.
2: (laughs) Is a dancing horse the new Picasso? I hate Picasso. A Um, dancing
1: horse. So like a painting?
2: The new Pig Picasso. Do you know who Pig Picasso is? No,
1: who is? is Pig Picasso? It's a
2: pig that paints that people oh, love. Yeah, but his yeah. work sells for like ten grand a piece.
1: Yeah, there's this documentary at one of the festivals. Um, we play at American Docs in Palm Springs. There was a horse. There's a oh, documentary really? on a horse painter. Yeah. So it's a really good go documentary. Real. <laughs> so the pig one, I think, is... Oh, is he the next Picasso? That's yeah. no, is, fake.
2: All right, so it's real and fake? Yeah. All right. You got that right. That was oh. fake. Of course. course, maybe. Can't lose. Boom. <laughs> All right. So, uh, you guys are tied. No, no, you're up. Yeah. Yes. That's what's up. I'm rooting for you. You should know that. All right. Students in uproar as the Art Institute of Chicago declares removal of photography from course catalog in 2025.
0: Oh, that's interesting. Real. I'm going to go real,
2: too. That is fake. Oh, <laughs> that's such a good one. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah, that was a good
1: one. Because photography now is so kind of, everyone can do it, so it's kind of diluted it. That's you what know? I was thinking as yeah. I wrote it. Yeah, a no, good, good question.
2: <laughs> All right, so you are still up? I'm still I'm up, man. Yeah. All right. Anyone can be a roboticist, artist, and technologist team up. True. True. That is real. Okay. Also, I'm sorry I'm <laughs> losing my voice, Art World. I can tell. I Stagecoach, man. <laughs> All right. Whitney, bilennial artist, join call for removal of board
1: member. Oh. True. But well, What is what is that? Say it again. Uh,
2: Whitney, bilennial artist, join call for removal of board member. Real. That is real. uh huh. Oh man. It's, it's getting, oh man. it's getting it's
1: getting. It's close.
2: Art critic Jerry Saltz on Game of Thrones season 8. Oh my gosh. Jaer Bear. Fake. No, I love Jaer Bear. <laughs> I know. Oh,
0: I feel like it's fake too.
2: It is fake. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, we have a new, uh, we have a new winner. Oh, Good me? Job. Oh, yes. 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 That's what's up. Good job. Good job. You know what? Jer Bear has been uh, commenting about Game of Thrones on every Instagram post this week. Oh, wow. So um, love you, Jerbear. <laughs> All right. Well, thank
1: you so much. Oh, thank you. Thank you for taking the time. Thank you very awesome. much.
2: Yeah.
0: Fascinating. And um, make sure that you, if you guys are available on Sunday, I will be there. I don't know if Lisa will be there. Buy tickets. I'm trying to be there. Yeah,
2: I'm <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> just trying real hard. You'll
1: we'll be recovered from stagecoach, by
2: the <laughs> I, I should be there. I think I am. You're oh. really putting me on the spot right now <laughs> on the podcast, dude. I will <laughs> be there. We have a dog. My dog is
1: basically at her ankle. If she just says no, Yeah, I'm getting there bit, could guys. be blood.
2: <laughs> All right, well, we love you guys. Bye. Bye. Thank you, ladies. <laughs>